This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. So Michelle, we talked a little while ago about how we were doing a challenge within the Origin Art membership, like a a kind of a, a private to us challenge, but it was set up kind of like what those challenges are on Instagram, where we were doing 30 days of failing greatly in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that, and we shared just, I think when we last spoke about it, we were maybe three or four days in, it was very early days and we'd already had some insights. And now we have had a bit of a debrief call within the membership as we've reached the end of the month of May. And we thought it would be nice to chat about it some more on the podcast, what we'd got out of it, how it all worked out in the end and what our lessons were and even what we're planning to do next. I think it's it's a great topic and I think it can sound a bit heavy like, oh, I got to fail. Like it's not a good thing. But when I really wanted to do this, it was, it was really the commitment of showing up and taking risks in the studio. Sometimes those risks look really, really small. I say risk because usually to make that art we really want to make, it's exploring an area that we haven't discovered, right? Like yeah. that's really what what I mean by risk. And um, it was really, really interesting to have a discussion um, yesterday, actually, because we got to wrap up talking with some of the artists who participated. And I found it really interesting because, you know, being that I have spent my, I'm going to say seven years, really, really dedicated to this idea of showing up and failing, meaning Mm -hmm. like, do something, let go of the idea, come and do it again, show up. And I was saying that I literally have probably close to 10,000 photos on my phone of the failures, because even though they probably don't live in the studio anymore, I've documented them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really sure exactly why I've always documented. Sometimes I keep thinking, I got to really delete all those photos. (laughs) But I think it's really interesting because they looked really not important, not significant. Sometimes it looked like absolutely nothing. But I feel like what we really talked about yesterday was how it's those little things in the studio that can start adding up to something important. And it's hard to sometimes get excited by the little things. The little nothings. The little nothings. I would love to hear your take on this as well, because I know we talked about this um, in the group, but you have always expressed like you don't always get super excited about those things that look like nothing, right? Mm-mm. In the moment, yeah. I was, I'm more of a getting frustrated. Oh, nothing's working out. This is a just a scrap of paper with some scribbles on, basically. It was nice in the call yesterday, I'll say, that we had a, such a range of different experiences and perspectives and it's really helpful because when some people really reaffirm you're like okay other people do have that experience too and do think like that and then there are also different perspectives so we had some people who were like a great success in the failing greatly because they you know did if not 30 then close to 30 posts 
failing fantastically. And then it was good because it was also an opportunity for those of us for different reasons who didn't do the posting. And that <laughs> would include us, Michelle, which is great I as know. the so-called leaders of oh the group. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I completely bombed. I think I did one. I was literally the worst person <laughs> because I ended up getting sick and it just everything just really spiraled for me in the month of May. And I just could not get into the studio and it just, it was really frustrating, Mm. but I found such encouragement for my own self, just looking at other people kind of getting in there. I'm like, oh yes, at least someone's getting into the studio. (laughs) So I kind of was living through people through that. But for me, um, it was really frustrating not being able to get in the studio and really get in there and start playing with these ideas that I have already, you know. It was so great for those who were able to post so regularly because there were a couple of levels to it too. There were people who were able to um, do the work and also post and say, this is this, this is that, even when they felt it was a, it was ugly, it, it hadn't worked. But we also had people in that debrief sharing that they actually were in their studio failing most days of the challenge, but didn't want to post even within our private kind of safe space because of what you're talking about, which is feeling like I've done a thing, but somehow, and and the challenge is called failing, but somehow this isn't significant enough or it's just a, a nothing. I don't, it's so hard to unpack because I, and I'm saying yeah. that because it reaffirms my experience too. Somehow, I don't know, there's some little wiring in my brain that's looking at a thing going, well, but I can't post that. And somehow disregarding the fact that the whole <laughs> point is just to show up, do a thing, post it. And we talked a bit about why we thought posting within our safe space, not necessarily going and posting it on Instagram for everyone to see, but p- whether whether posting it was part of the process or wasn't necessarily, because it's never setting hard and fast rules. But I kind of felt like if you have, like I do, that voice going, well, this isn't significant, this isn't significant, the posting part of the process, having somewhere to say, here it is, is important because it's kind of interrupting a little bit those thought processes mm-hmm. that are, are you disregarding that something has been done um, and you actually suggested that yeah. even if you don't want to post a picture of it, you can even still come and say, I did this today in the studio. And it's kind of, I feel like it's a little maybe a little act of defiance to that inner critic, to Mm. that habitual way of thinking to say, hey, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember this. And I think that's why I'm making that connection because in the moment in the studio, I can disregard it and say, oh, this is rubbish. But I can pull that folder of things out a month later and go, well, actually you did these things and I can see something in there that's telling, giving me a new path. And I think it's the same when we look back on those posts for the month and say, well, at least 10 times I showed up and said, hey, I did get in the studio and I did a, and I did a thing. And so you're not letting your, your mind or your inner critic tell you this story that you actually 
did nothing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but what I found really interesting too is that there would be posts where people would say, oh, here's the thing. It's really nothing. Even though I could see, I'm like, well, I see it's something. Sometimes I think they might also look at it and say, well, this is really ugly. This didn't work because of this and this. And as a viewer, I was looking at it going, wow, that's really cool. I really like it because of all these things. So I think it's really interesting because we as artists create these things and we have all this story that comes with it. And we get so attached to that vision and that story of what we're seeing, we actually aren't saying the same thing as a viewer. No, and it's that incredible. Blew my mind. It does. It blew my mind too. It's incredible the level of I don't know what Filtering. the technical term is. It yeah, we are literally not seeing objectively what we're sharing, and I think that goes to show because, like we've talked about before, if you put whatever you've worked on that day away and come back to it like a week later, it's almost like sometimes it feels like you didn't even make it. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. don't even recognize <laughs> like, it as something that you made. <laughs> yeah, because that distance has taken those that filter off. We were actually ended up talking about how we, we weren't impressed by the ugliness. Nothing that anyone posted was really ugly. I did not see ugly. anything <laughs> ugly. I'm like, where is the ugly work? I have... <laughs> 10,000 photos of ugly work and I literally have proof of it. I'm like, you guys aren't making ugly work. What is going on here? We've got to go harder. (laughs) Yeah. So that was surprising too because everyone thought they were producing, you know, ugly work. And I'm like, where is it? I'm not seeing it. (laughs) That was funny. And one of someone held up some, you know, pieces of paper to the camera in our group call. And I'm like, no. That's not ugly. You're showing me things and I'm seeing beautiful color transitions and I'm and I'm seeing really interesting you know juxtapositions that you wouldn't expect to see t- together but it's enticing me. I want to see more of it. It's just blows but my mind how, how that can see work. See how critical we are. And what I really was noticing too is we quickly want to shut things down. Mm-hmm. We so quickly want to shut things down and that's the part that I think is such a shame because I don't think the good art can come alive without actually letting it be like this, you know? And if Mm. we shut things down and we're constantly shutting it down, like no wonder it doesn't exist because we've just done so much pre-filtering, it doesn't have a chance. Mm -hmm. And then we're starting at zero again because we think we've done nothing. We've accomplished nothing. And one thing that I was really excited to see, even with people who said, oh, I didn't do it really good. I didn't do it enough, whatever, you know, the circumstances were. And yet there was still progress um, made. And that to me was very exciting because I know that happens for me in the studio is when I just keep showing up, keep showing up, even if it looks like really small things, it does add up to progress. And, um, And I think the other part to it that I'll be curious to see how that unfolds for my own work in June, um, when I attempt to go in and do another 30 days properly, I say that properly, (laughs) whatever that looks like for me. To fail successfully. fail successfully. (laughs) I want to be really grateful for the small things. Mm -hmm. I want to be grateful for 
you know, if I'm just testing a color and it's just on a piece of palette paper, I want to be grateful for that. I know that sounds kind of cheesy and silly, but I feel like those little things, if we can get grateful for the little things and let them breathe a little bit so that they don't get killed off because it, it, it can produce magic over time. It compounds, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that for me, it's about really honoring how grateful I am to be an artist and how grateful I am for my tiny little studio for, you know, just every little thing that I can think of, because I think when we can do that, it just, it, it brings out the best in our work and that joy lives through our work and it just spirals it's an energetic exchange, you know, and it just Mm. spirals new things that I think are really exciting. So that's what I'm going to focus on for the next 30 days. We'll see how it manifests into the reality of the studio because I've made some studio changes for the winter for me, but in your in your um, small and probably cold as we go into Melbourne winter. Exactly. I'm I'm kind of adjusting. I'm going to take some things and create an indoor studio, indoor mm-hmm. meaning in the house, mm-hmm. I'm taking over. We've kind of shuffled things around here so I can have one area that is a little warmer over the next few months. And um, and for me, I think that's going to be a good thing because if if for me, having a cold studio is resistance and it keeps me away from the studio because I'm like, oh, now I need to heat up the studio before I can get in the studio. And it's just this extra layers that cause resistance, then that's not really going to be useful. So I'm cutting out as much resistance as I can, even if it looks like I'm taking over a part of the house that isn't my normal studio space, but I can, there will be less resistance because it's it's there, it's set up, it's warm, there's no yeah. excuse. And actually minimizing or reducing resistance, you could look at as, again, like an underlying point of the whole failing greatly challenge, isn't it? The way I looked at it and the way we probably talked about it the first time we talked about this about a month ago was that it was all about taking risks um, and and ideas or using materials that where we weren't confident that it was going to come out right so that was the the failure aspect of it um but in terms of reducing resistance how i think i'm going to reframe that in a way that makes that feels exciting to me which is like a very personal point of view and i think we should always look to reframe things in a way that feels most motivating and most exciting and kind of touches whatever aspects of resistance we have in ourselves. As I, with you, Michelle, continue on this failing challenge for June, can understand and look at it as how can I fail to meet any particular goals or expectations that I feel put pressure or create resistance in my process. So for me, that can be like failing to make something that's going to be pretty or particularly meaningful or that other people are going to like or that's going to be able to be sold. And doesn't that come up a lot? It came up a lot in our conversation as well. Like, yeah, but is this going to be saleable? Am I wasting material or is it going to be worthy enough? Is it going to be original enough? Is it innovative enough? 
so much pressure. I think my brain's going to explode. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are going to be so bored by my post when you see how boring. Like I, yeah. I literally tune all that out, but I know it happens. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's a real thing. And so I want to fail at all of those expectations. And and I was uh, thinking about it and thinking to myself, you know, maybe I could play into that identity of I'm such a rebel. I'm rebelling against all of that stuff. So again, it's like what whatever story works for you, whatever thing exactly. kind of makes you excited to get into it. You're like, no, I'm going to be really punk about this and I'm not going to do any of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think we have to find ways to trick our brain, you know. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's wired uniquely to us. And unfortunately, it's not a one size fits all one step for everyone. It's going to work the same way. I yeah. don't think that's true at all. And again, to take off those filters, if you think of all those things you just said, that's thinking about everyone else has nothing to do with you and the art. And I think that's one of the things that I really have practice a lot on is letting it just be a moment between me and the art. That's it. And that's why I'm I'm going to say like, you might actually be bored with my posts in June because they won't mean anything to anyone and they're not going to be impressive. They're not going to be trying to be anything other than like, I might've just discovered a color combination that I hadn't done before, but it might look like it's just a blob on a palette paper. And it's not supposed to be anything, you know? And I think that if, when we can break it down to those, even the simpleness of that, where it's literally maybe not even a piece of artwork, that's why. And I think one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this from the beginning was I've seen a lot of artists try to finish off a piece, like they want to do a piece of artwork. And and I don't think that the things that have made the biggest difference for me are the piece of artwork, but it's like this little random thing here and this little random thing here. And so they all look like these separate pieces of unfinished work. And that is annoying to a lot of people I'm finding, but I think that's the part that is the best part. As you're talking, I'm going, yes, can we speak into that? Because another thing that came up in our conversation and and someone else was talking about this as well, I think most of us have some kind of layering in their work. It might be, you know, layering, layering of materials. And when you have an idea of what you're wanting to create or the kind of inspirations that you have and you know that ultimately it involves layering of work and, and that might mean time in between layers mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So then you take that and you know that the work that you've done before that's really satisfying involves that kind of time and extension. And then you think about like what you're talking about right there, what's this little thing I can do right now, right here? It seems inherently unsatisfying in some way you're like how can I explore that thing that I know that 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 actually involves for example some layers of acrylic maybe some collage I don't know texture or whatever it is and how can I like it's just not I, I can't even nearly express it there's some things that are coming to my mind and I'm thinking is this it is this what we're talking about yeah is it is it the difference between because what I'm talking about and what I'm really in the zone of right now, and again, I'm not saying I've 
always been like this, but right now, all I think about is the process. I'm really into being curious about the process, but not attached to the outcome of that process. Mm. And I think that what you're talking about is being really attached to this outcome, Mm. the actual physical, what is the thing? Yeah. And I think for me, it's more even stepping back into like, I just get to play with paint today. It might look like this, but I was excited because I got to play with paint today. I know that sounds super basic. I just had this exact same <laughs> thought at the exact same time. I was thinking, is this one of those really basic things that it seems so simple and so obvious, but it's like two ships passing in the night, like all, <laughs> all this year and a half we've been talking about yep. art making and it just sort of pinged in my mind as you were speaking then about you said for me it's about the process and I'm like yeah we say that all the time it's about the process and I'm like hang on Beck. when I say think of process I'm thinking yeah the process to get to the final piece yeah, that, like that's the process we're talking about. And Michelle is literally talking about something else. She's talking about yes. the process, not even the process to go somewhere, the process being the thing that I do every day yep. is these individual things which accrue over time and then just naturally form things which are a thing that goes out into the world, which are a product. But yes. that's almost... I think you said this after your exhibition, that's like a byproduct at the end. It's yeah, not yeah. a process to get somewhere. It is a process to be in. <laughs> exactly. And I think we're so busy trying to get somewhere that we really don't appreciate the actual in the moment process. And when it comes out differently to know that that is part of the process. That's why when I say I'm really not attached to the outcome, because I'm not, I'm so in the process of like, I'm just playing with paint and that was the good time. And this is what came out of it. Like it it's kind of doesn't matter what the outcome is. I know that sounds really, probably pretty lame for anyone who's like, I just want to make something I like. But I think I started making things I really liked when I started really just enjoying the process. But when you say, because you've said this a lot, I'm not attached to the outcome. I've always interpreted that to mean that there's an idea of what it all look like, but you're not attached to that. But now I think what you actually mean is I don't have an idea. I'm doing this thing that's in front of me and I'm not attached to where it might go. There's no... Yes particular outcome that you then go that's a that's an outcome but I'm going to detach myself from that you're more like from this point going forward I don't mind where it goes yeah I mean I think there's I think there's a vision in the sense of Mm. you know you might have a a direction or an inspiration that kicks off like oh I think I'll try it this way Mm. Because I think inspiration truly is just a kickoff point, right? Like, oh, mm. I'm going to try it this way. And, but in that moment, when I say I'm going to try it this way, I, I don't know what it's going to do. I'm detached because I'm just playing. Mm. And, and I literally am like, you want to go here? You want to go here? 
you know? So I think it becomes, for me, it's become a lot more fun Mm. because it takes me to a place that I can't plan, Mm. you know? And I think um, that's where I'm constantly surprised. And again, I think whenever I get really attached, like, oh, it's got to be like this, that's when I have absolutely no control. Mm. And that's when I feel I've got expectations that just get disappointed because it's like, it's, it just, it's a lot more fun to be really open and free with it. And it's not like I look at things and go, Oh, I've made this perfect thing, but just to be in that moment, Mm. you know, and, and Mm. just, again, like what I say to my kids, like just do my best, you know, in that moment, (laughs) doing my best and seeing what happens. I feel like at some point, if you think about what I'm doing with um, layered words and mm-hmm. colors and that kind of thing, I feel like at some point there's the separate pieces and then there's trying to work out, like you do have to go into analytical mode and go, what elements are going to go with that element going to go with that? You know, like at what point is it? I a- think it does happen, but I think we're trying to do it way too early. Way too early, Yeah. It happens much more organically yep. towards like there will come a point where it's not a forced thing. It just mm-hmm. comes together as a natural mm-hmm. as a, a as a natural next step in that process. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 And I think that letting ourselves explore a little bit more curiously rather mm-hmm. than dictated, you know, really kind of being open to what kind of unfolds in the process in that moment versus like, it's going to be like this come hell or high water, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think that when we try to have that much control over art, it, it, I've never seen it work. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it live fully in its full potential because again, I just feel like art is this energetic exchange And it's kind of like when you're telling a teenager, like, you have to do this thing. And they're like, I don't hear you. (laughs) So it's like, but if if you say it in a way that they can hear and you're really open to them interpreting it in a way that they care about, it's going to come out better. Yeah. Did I just make an analogy of my art compared to my teenagers? Maybe. It's a lot of food for thought, especially going into as we are to do some more of the failing yes. and the and the losing control. You know, it seems. To, yeah, I think that might be another way of what describing what we're talking about. Like I said, mm. like failing to meet those expectations. It's like losing control greatly, <laughs> letting go yeah. of control. Yeah, losing control and. And yet having progress at the same time. And that's another thing that you talked about that I found really helpful. You're talking about that idea of progress and not discounting the value of the incremental, encouraging us to whether we'd done 30 posts or five in the month of May to look at those all together and say, okay, but what changed between number one and number two and, you know, five, seven or eight? And recognize that that moved the needle, as it were, and that yeah. if you do that again, and I and I'm sort of bringing this up because I think this applies to 
any artists working in their studio, especially if you, you know, feel disheartened at times and feel like you're not doing enough or not making enough progress, you can look back over that period and just notice, just take the time to notice the progress that happened and then think about, okay, for the next period, whether that's the session, the next session in the studio or a month or some kind of structure that you've given yourself, what if I did 5% more? Having done 20 posts to 21 posts or 21 sessions, you know, or even from four to five It doesn't have to be these great big leaps that feel so overwhelming. But when you look back, you'll be able to see time on time, time on time, just incremental little adding to the thing. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'm a big, big, big believer in incremental changes and growth because I think that's the same process for workouts. I mean, again, Mm. I laugh at myself as I say that because still not that great at it. But I think it's that (laughs) thing that it's the consistency, even if it's just a little bit more. Yeah, just um, a little bit more. A little bit more and a little bit more. I mean, that's truly how my work has evolved over the last seven years of just a little bit more, a little bit more, Mm -hmm. a little just clarity comes from action, you know, and Mm -hmm. even if it's just that smidge more, it's that step. It's that baby step. And I think sometimes we get a little disillusioned because we think unless it's this, you know, big grandiose piece that it's not significant, but it's actually all those little baby steps that are the thing that are significant, but it's, it's not shiny and pretty enough for people to think that's worthy of the attention, but it is just to know, like, I I was thinking of someone on our group who cut ply, you know, boards as a new medium to work on. And although maybe a picture of ply looks kind of boring, you know, as in like (laughs) it's ply, but how exciting, you know, and that's the thing when I say I get excited about, I get excited about seeing cut up ply. I think that's, I'm like, that's amazing. So it's, it's being excited over the little things, I think. Whatever the stories and, you know, or your inner critic, whatever it is, however small or insignificant it may feel, it's something. It's never nothing. Never nothing. Never nothing.